Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sounds from the Cellar, hosted by the Olive Tree Madmen. Today's guests are a group of extraordinary gentlemen, masters at their craft, and pioneers in their field. Six of them. You know I'm probably from the soundtrack of Do the Right Thing, from their freshman album, Take Six, and the assortment collection of bodies of work that they've produced through the years. Ladies and gentlemen, Take Six. One, two, three. Got to get you into my life. 
Take six in the cellar. Son. Welcome, take six to Sounds from the Cellar. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I know you got up super early to warm up and do your thing. No, we're still asleep. Uh, <laughs> we haven't even woken up yet. See, boys? It is possible. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Incredible. In your sleep. Yeah. Uh, big show at Sony Hall. I know you guys are traveling on to Boston. But I know Nick has some burning uh, questions here for you, so yeah, go for it. I wanted to talk about uh, the arranging process. Who's arranging right now? Right now, it's always Mark. It's always Mark. <laughs> always Mark. But not alone. Not alone. <laughs> not alone. <laughs> well, before we get into the arranging, let's talk about how Take Six became Take Six. How oh, man. We, we, we started how? as a quartet. How? As, uh, I was a freshman at Oakwood University. It was way, way, way back in 1980. Um, because there are a lot of acapella groups at Oakwood. So I just had a, a group, and we used to rehearse in a bathroom because everybody knows you sound really good in the bathroom. So, <laughs> At least you think you do. You think you do, <laughs> yeah. But one day we were rehearsing, and Mark Kibble came in and into that bathroom, added a fifth part, and uh, just joined on the spot. And so he became the arranger, needed one more guy to fill out the things that were in his head, and we added one more member and became, I think, only the, the, the only sextet on campus. So we Is had that, a very. Are very, you saying that Mark just took over the group? He took over the group. <laughs> he sure did. Only uh, the arranging part. Only the arranging and, part. You know, nobody but he, but he can made ever it, move Claude he, out of his position. He made it into what we are. <laughs> he made it into what we are. Um, so I mean, that was the the humble beginnings. Incredible. Yeah. So when you guys when you come up with a new arrangement, Margaret, everybody, do you um do you write it down? How does the rehearsal process work? Well, um, first, the arrangement has to happen. And, you know, I'll go away. Back in the day, I would work everything out on the piano, and we would all stand around the piano or sit around the piano and learn parts. And I would just dish parts out from just uh, playing the piano, playing the arrangement, section at a time until we got the whole song. Now, it's different because we have modern technology where, you know, we can actually, I can actually do the entire demo um, with a, a DAW or sequencer, uh, sing the whole thing down, and I just send it out to them. They record their parts on it, and it's done like that. Let the go. rehearsal and we project, got a record. Yeah, the <laughs> rehearsal project, the part of it is um, is a little different because that it really does take sitting down together and rehearsing sections and, and shining them and uh, making sure that they're right before we actually perform it and committing it to memory which is very, very, very important. Right. You guys memorize everything? Yes, absolutely. Always, right? Yeah. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah, so the retention level, I'm trying to wrap my head around yeah. the retention level over here because these are complicated parts. And uh, so you guys just you just polish them in rehearsal, sit down and just remember them. It's funny. After doing it for so many years, we're, we're very used to the part. And right. sometimes I don't even have to give the part out. We already know it based on what I'm playing. Right. Because they know where they fit. Kind of know where whole... you are in, in your range in the particular yes. chord. So you kind of yeah. know where you are automatically. So it's gotten a lot faster than it used yeah. to be. Got it. Okay, cool. I want to ask you guys about like show prep and like warm up routine and stuff. Do you guys warm up as a group together? Do you guys do it individually? Ooh, it's all different. It's all different. Yeah. A little, on the show, a little right? bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. You know, and you, back in the day, we used to just play basketball. Right. Yeah. Just get out, play some basketball, get up, didn't warm up vocally at all. As we got older, it was like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> bing, bing, bing. 
<laughs> you know, you start losing it. So there's really something to the uh, to like warming up the voice with like just working out or like running or something. Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's you know I kind of found that out late in life. It's just know? getting the blood flowing. It's, it's, it's incredible. Blood yeah, it's incredible. It's like the, you know all of a sudden there's moisture in the cords and. Yep. You don't sound so yeah. trashy. And if you come to our dressing room, we're singing all, all the time. time. Right. Right. All, all the time. time. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Your, your, <laughs> your significant others must be rolling their eyes the whole time. All the time. <laughs> oh, oh, you right. time. oh, you've been in my car. I get it. <laughs> Long yeah. car rides. They're sure? just like, oh, my God. We need you to sing the bass This song again. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It really depends on what we've been doing before. If we have, you know done shows before and our voices are tired and warm-ups are absolutely critical yeah mm -hmm. if we haven't been then you won't hear very much you right. just you know we'll get out and sound check and do our warm-up there right. that's, that's right. pretty much it yeah mm -hmm. old school Amazing. so like when you guys go to a place like colorado or stuff like that do you like do you how's the hydration game for you guys so i'm asking a bunch of singer questions i gotta do yeah. <laughs> oh, these are great questions like you know what i absolutely. mean like diet hydration how do you guys do you guys plan ahead for that you kind of how do you do it Ooh, well, sort of a breathe, culture, I was going to say. Yeah, just to breathe in Colorado, you yeah. need a lot of water, which turns in oxygen. So, yeah, right. we, we, try to, we try to do that and get a lot of rest. Rest is the key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taking yeah. care of your instrument, no more screaming, though it's the playoffs. No and, and we have a culture in the group of drinking a lot of water anyway. So, yes. I mean, that's just that I love thing. It. And you, and you got to be aware. I just learned, really, from a vocal coach that the traveling that you do, um, it's it's when the plane takes off and lands that you will get dehydrated. Really? Not so much the length of the trip, but it's like you don't feel that when you land. So well, you is don't, there a reason for that, Joey? Did, it, did they say I that? don't know if it's a pressure, a pressure change. change. Huh. I don't know what the case is, but the reason why it's important is because you have to rehydrate even though you don't feel like mm. you're, you're thirsty. Right. But you'll find out when you get up on stage and it's like your throat is dry, your voice seems dry. Right. And then you realize, oh, man, I haven't been hydrating this whole time. Right. What do you call it? The jerky throat? <laughs> One of the names I give it is the jerky throat. Yeah. Yeah. Jerky, the jerky throat. Yeah. throat. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> no it. control. You know, in like New York City, like heating, particularly in the older buildings, you're just, oh, my God. Yeah. Drying out with that yeah. heat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, as a group, we see through our history... A lot of them don't always stay together. Yep. How have y'all managed to stay together this long, and how do y'all deal with disagreements? Uh, I think that we've had to learn how to get into the, the, the realm of really respecting each other. Um, it's more than just liking each other, because I think that you can go in and out of like, but it's kind of like family. You know, we are together as a family. We're transparent with each other. We try to make sure everybody is always heard I think that's one of the things that breaks a lot of groups up. You'll find out later on that I never got to tell you what to say. No, we try to get everything out. We try mm -hmm. to deal in respect in those things. Yep. Now, sometimes that's a hard thing to do, but I think because we, uh, underneath it all, have a, a uh, culture of love that we're able to do those things and move forward. And it's just like a marriage. Uh, you know, they say if you make it past two years in your marriage, you're going to make it till about seven. Make it past seven, you can make it till about 15. Yeah. And then make it past 15, you're pretty much good. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, for us, we've had rough spots where each, I would say probably all of us have had, have had thoughts of saying, this is it, I can't take it anymore. Done, son. But especially at the beginning <laughs> to that, from that second seven and 15 year period, 
it was it was also a ministry for us. Mm. So we felt like this was a calling. So times when we just couldn't take it, we feel like this is where God wants us to be. If he wants us to be here, he'll give us the strength to keep going. So right. Facts. So how does spirituality fit into like your your performances? It's it's the beginning, middle, yeah, it's and the who end. We are. That's it. Yeah. Yep. It's who and we in fact, are. To, to kind of continue with what he was saying, um, we are uh, very much, we're not the best singers, but we're the most committed guys in music to one another and to this craft. Yeah. Right. And um, you got six guys, you know, they say the thing about the fist, you can do anything. Right. We've seen some amazing highs and some amazing lows in mm. an industry that changes all the time. Right. And an entourage that comes and goes depending on what your last performance did. It's funny how crowded the dressing room gets when you kill it. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, we're committed to each other and, um, and it's all submitting to him, you know, because it could, it could be about him. It could be about it. all of us can, can get into yourself. Right. But if you remember, all right, this dude is actually chipping, but I'm here for the group and for the good of the group, <laughs> or I'm actually chipping, but we're here for the good of the group. Then you keep pushing. And, and once you accept that culture, uh, it becomes a thing of when problems arise, when differences arise, you don't think to, I'm, how can I get out of here? You think, how can we fix this? Because we know this is the good thing. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'll continue on that a little bit. Um, the Bible talks about how when you when a man and woman get married, the two shall become one. Well, this is kind of like a marriage. We be, we're becoming in this group. Right. When I got in the group in 2004, I wasn't the man that I am now. I became a better man, a better father because of these guys, a better husband because of these guys, a better performer. All of the things that that have to do with the craft, but also all the things that have to do with just life in general. You know, when when I see these guys walk through difficult times that and, and we band together, that actually makes us stronger. You know, so when you talk about the spiritual part of it. It comes out in everything that we do. It comes out in in our conversations that we're having in the dressing room. It comes out in our performances when we when we need to do an audible in the middle of the show because somebody really needs to 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 get something off of their spirit. That's how we become who we are. You know, you gotta leave a little room for the Lord. it's amazing that uh, what sent like your whole purpose in in life and and music career. It's just unified. There's no separation between how you are as friends or or as individuals. Because you know, the, the, at the core of everything is just you. You right. know, you can mm-hmm. be with everybody, and you can be with your family, and then you can be in your career and your business things. And it just sounds all, you know, so cohesive. But um, you know, it big we, takeaway. It, it took all these years to learn to bring all those into congruence. Right, because right. we were people on the road, and then right. we were people at home. And then, right. But we had to learn that you're that same person in all of those different areas. Mm-hmm. If they're not in congruence, then there's a work for you to do. Right. Um, and that's to speak to your question about the spirituality part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say biblical stuff, mm-hmm. but your affect has to agree with it. Your mm-hmm. facial expressions, mm-hmm. the rest of how you communicate has got to be in agreement with what you say so that sometimes we get in front of crowds and we don't say anything biblical or Jesus related, but they can feel and they can sense that 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 Christ love is there and they can't explain it. They don't know why they just had a great experience and don't know why we had to learn how to be congruent in all these different ways as a husband, as a brother, as a group member, as a father, um, and then it speaks to 
the the strength of it, the core of who you are is connected with God. He's like in you at all times, walking his purposes out inside you. Mm -hmm. And that core is what helps to keep then the rest of us also uh, together when we're not in agreement with each other. Yeah. When we can't stand each other at the moment. Mm -hmm. That core is what the the unifying factor is. Now y'all came out as a gospel group in the gospel Mm -hmm. category, but y'all do other types of music. How has it been received walking that fine line between secular and non-secular music? I'll start off by saying this, and it's connect to connect the last thing. That's the particular situation where we felt like, man, we got to be saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time, or we're not considered gospel. But you're learning the whole time that it's not it's not just what you're saying at the moment. We may pick a song that is absolutely in agreement with what his principles of love are, and you may not have heard his name anywhere in it. So people, as they're trying to define the difference between secular and sacred and gospel and whatever, that issue came up until we realized, wait a minute, this is not just the song I'm singing at the moment or the name I'm saying. It's actually how I who I'm committed to and how that works itself out. And so eventually over the years, we started to realize that, well, it's okay. Yes, people consider it gospel at first. And now they consider it jazz, but we're the same God-fearing men who right. choose to walk that out in different genres of music. If the genre doesn't align with who he is, then okay, then we don't, we're not connected to that. It we walk out what's already inside. So yes, that was an issue when we first started out, but now we're realizing, wait a minute, we're the we're the same. God-loving, God-fearing people. And these people, now here's where it really makes a difference. Some people really are turned off by the Bible stuff because they've had bad experiences. Mm -hmm. So they need you to actually communicate in love to them, Hmm. to let them know, you know what? No, this relationship is most important first, and we value you. Sometimes you got to come in the back door and let them know what that love of Christ looks like from the back door because they're turned off with what happened when they tried to come in the front door. Right. Does that make sense? And what speaks to the congruency, continuing with what Joey is saying, is the irony is at the beginning, we thought we were singing Christian music or gospel music, but everyone else in the secular world thought we were singing jazz. Right. So then suddenly it was like we were a jazz band at the beginning. And then suddenly, somewhere along the way, uh, it switched. And then they were like, you guys are a gospel group. And we were doing, I'm not going to say any names, but we were doing a performance and we're singing, you know, regular take six stuff. We might even be singing uh, that Earth, Wind and Fire song that we opened with. And somebody in the back shouts, what about Jesus? Uh, and it's like, wow, you know, we had to learn back to what Joey was saying. True that story. Con- that congruency actually was our issue. Right. And what we had to learn how to do is it's not really about how people perceive you. It's about who we understand, who we are, and what we've been sent here and put here to do. Man, I had this fan come up to me. It was like, I'm confused. Are you a gospel group or are you a secular group? Right. I was like, we're a vocal group. I said, are you a... I asked dude, I was like, I mean, it's just, just second nature. Like, are you a husband or a father? Right. Wow. He was like, 
I'm, I'm both. I was mm-hmm. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we, you communicate love to your wife in one way and your children in another way, but you're the same person. Right. So however, however you, you rectify that in your mind and that congruence, that's, that's what I had to, and each one of us had to come to individually. Right. So we don't have to worry about when we sing, let's stay together versus, you know, uh, Jesus keep me near the cross. It doesn't really matter because this is who we are. Right, personally. So and we stay near the cross. Is how you stay together. So that's Hello? how you do it. Holla at your boy. Yeah, I mean, I I play in a band called the Nth Power, and we believe in the healing power of music, and uh, we have a lot of spiritual undertones and overtones in all our music. But um, one thing I wanted to ask you guys about is testimonials from concerts. Uh, we've had experiences where people have come up and said, you know. I, like one guy was like, I tried to kill myself mm. to your to and it, and I put your album on repeat in my in my car, in my garage, and I turned it on, and then wow. I woke up somehow, and this wow. song that we have about addiction was playing and about you know asking for you know guidance and wow. everything and that and yeah, do you guys have any testimonials from um, past shows that almost, you could share? Almost identical to that story, Claude and I were flying back. Uh, on Southwest Airlines one time, you know, you can sit where you want. Yeah. Coming through early morning, Sunday one morning, this guy comes in. At, you know, we're big guys, and he comes in, sits in the middle seat, <laughs> like right. this big empty plane. We're like, dude, right? Uh, he was a fan. Yeah. Recognized who we were and couldn't wait to share what you know what we had done um, through our music. And he said that he grew up many many years homeless, mm-hmm. and they were he would live in they were living in a van. He said there were many, many nights when it got so cold that his mom would turn on the van for just a little bit to warm up the car just to keep him going. And Quiet Place was in a cassette in the van. Wow. He said, your music saved my life. And I will, every time he hears that song, he tears up. And it, it just the impact of what that meant, it was life and death to him. And that's yeah. not us that's a god thing right yeah. you know back to what what are you singing about why are you singing about it that is where it comes from because this this is life and death the enemy is not playing games he's right. not pulling punches you know being gentle and all that kind of thing. boom and so it's it's life and death that's what that's why we're still here yeah we had to learn you know a, as you mature it's the practicality of your spirituality becomes another whole thing. You know, it's it's not always just, you know, pray about something and it'll work. While we believe in prayer and we know that prayer works, your relationship to God, God might tell you, you know, there's a mental health issue here as well. Right. There's an addiction issue here as well, right. you know. And so we've had to learn that through the years and, and stop trying to just say nice words to people. Reach them where they actually are. Right. You know what I mean? Well, speaking of spirituality, why don't we hear another song that delves in that? Yeah, man, one of my favorite songs you all ever did, Over the Hill is Home. Hey. Who, wow. Who's playing piano on that record? Uh, Cedric is uh, Cedric is originally playing the piano. Uh, he co-wrote it Cedric with Dent. Cedric yeah. Dent, yeah, yep. a former member. Uh, we wrote it together. And the story behind that song, not many people know, Let's go. is um, one of our members... Uh, had a child pass. Oh, man. And the night that it happened, Cedric called me. He's like, man, I got this song. It was something about there's a there's a light at the end of the road or there's you just got to push or just keep going or something. But he had definitely had that in mind. We got together and was like, down this road, there's help. Just keep going. Right. You know, we got to encourage each other. We're like, 
over the hill is home. And right. we kind of walk that forward. Um, so that's where that song comes from. It's it, it, When Joey sings it, he's the only one who's ever sung it. it every time it hits a chord and it, and it pulls in emotionally where people are, that's a song where people have talked to us in tears after they hear it. So right. we're glad to do it for you this morning. Amazing. Wow. So recently we've had uh, quite a few of the whole group. We've had somebody, some friend, some relationship, somebody has lost a loved one to death. Um, and it's it's been pretty impactful. I mean, Kristen just lost his father-in-law. Uh, I think it was last week. Um, and Mark and I also lost our uncle, uh, Uncle Herman Kibble. Um, a lot of our uncles and aunts, they're they're all being laid to rest now. So parents, yeah. parents, and you know we're of that age. Um, and we can't get to the funeral because we're going to actually be out at sea. Um, but we wanted to pass on that hope that, you know, God's promises are true. We're going to see these people again. But for now, um, as they're resting in Christ, it's like, you know what? Um, just remember that his promises are true. His word is going to be walked out. And because of that, you can take hope now. So we're going to dedicate this next song to not just uh, uh, Christian's family and Mark and I's family, but anybody who's dealing with this uh, kind of sorrow uh, that you can, you, you can hope firmly in God's word uh, over the hill is home. say this road is rough and I don't know if I'll make it through then the other turned and said stay your course for just ahead the place you seek is sure to come to you but it's over find yourself out of strength in need of help know that hope is just a prayer away oh yes it is the strength of God is always dear a faithful guy he'll lead you there his mission is to show us the way Shelter. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shelter. 
Even play it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, thank Nick. You. Thank you guys for All right. thank you. amazing take six. Thank you for that performance. Here we're joined by our tenor player Daniel Berkey and our incredible legendary said. vocalist, Mr. Mike Davis. Right. Legendary. Yeah. Leg- legendary. <laughs> I want to ask you guys a quick question. Um, I want to talk about background vocals. Talk, I want to talk about uh D'Angelo voodoo record. Mm. Um, what do you guys like? What are you guys' opinions on those type of background vocals, that type of approach? Mm. Classic. Killing, right? Classic. Uh, here's a story. Oh, I remember dude. we were doing something in Nashville, and I think Mark had just got the CD, right. that exact that CD you're talking about. And mm. I was listening to it. I was like, dude, I got to drive to Huntsville. I will bring this back in two days, I promise. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was that impactful. That, yeah. that kind of stuff is what, what feeds into us, and we get flavor from that. Right. And, you know, just know, you know, just about everything you listen to, and be, so that means be careful what you listen to, mm. because it's going in, Right. It's going to come out. Mm, Good word. And D'Angelo, yeah, my goodness, he gave, he put some flavor on stuff that I will hold to my heart for the rest of my life. Right. It is so uh, impactful impactive and and emotional 
Right. You know, it just mm-hmm. it comes out. So <laughs> I'm grateful that he did what he did. Mm-hmm. What are some of y'all's biggest influences like coming up? Well, I mean, Earth, Wind, and Fire goes without saying. Same. That's a, a group wide influence. Group wide. In the stones. Stevie. Yep. Marvin Winans. Song stylist. Man, Stevie. So I got to say, though, you know, for us, you know, it was that early quartet stuff. Right. From the Jubilees and the Golden Gates and Gene Perlin. Gene Perlin, yeah, the Gene high lows, biggest, high lows, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, even the, the Manhattan transfer, you know, yeah, yeah, groups like that, absolutely. And Andre Crouch as well, right? Hawkins, yeah, come on, come on, Hawkins, come on. right? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys about Stevie because one of the biggest records for me, one of my favorite vocal performances of all time was "Oh Thou That Tell It's Good Tidings of Zion." Oh, nice. And um. And uh, a couple questions about that record. Like, so are there other records that you guys have done so um, with like a most like mostly diatonic kind of outro vamp like that that people rip on? Is that kind of like one of the only ones? I mean, that was a thing uh, around that time period. You know, you you sing the song, but you're really waiting to get to the vamp. Right. You know what I mean? And the vamp is really the the hook that you're getting to. And so that that that. That vamp is very special. Funny thing about that song is that while it's a great song, it, it's hard for us to sing live, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Because the range is so spread out, you know, that it goes extreme for Claude. I mean, it's way up there. Yeah. So, yes. and it, it's my fault. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be singing it all the time. <laughs> that was one of the songs that I I got a chance to make comp, comp, what do they call it when you're comp, comping the lead? Yeah. yeah. St- all of Stevie's takes. Everyone were just, yeah. Yo, it bro, was incredible. The stuff that we didn't use was like, oh, this is a crime. It should be somewhere. Oh Stevie was just in a rare form and it was just amazing. What amazing. was funny is we were in the studio recording it and he's like asking us to produce him. Right. And yeah. nobody wanted to step yeah. up to the How do you tell Stevie, do it again? <laughs> um, you Can we get one more? Yeah, that was very difficult. Sure. Who actually stepped up? Was it said? I think said yes. Yeah. Let him use you. Did he? Um. Did how many takes did he do? We had three. Three and takes. All of them were amazing. Yo. All of them were amazing. And it was just. It was. It was. It was the most pleasant experience ever in comping a solo. I mean, that's that's probably my yeah. favorite. One of my favorite. My favorite male vocals yeah. of all time. And well, really good choices on the comps mm, with Aggie Rhythm. Yeah. So. Uh, but first of all, guys, it was amazing hearing you guys play live. I, I mean, like, Thanks, oh my, <laughs> it was really um, an incredible experience for me. Uh, but you have such a speci- like a sound. Like I could hear you. I could hear it without knowing it's take six, and mm-hmm. I could know it's take six. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have used you on a jury a few months back. Oh yeah, <laughs> did you guys catch one of those lawsuits? They didn't. Do, they didn't do <laughs> it. The Marvin Gaye estate. They couldn't have been. Right, right. <laughs> Your Honor, it's definitely take six. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, how do you go about actually choosing a new song with six people in the group and everything? Is there, are, Mark, are you kind of the master of that? Uh, or is it, how does it all, how does it all work? Because I'm in a couple groups with a lot of people and it's, you know, it's hard to, it's tough. to get something that everyone's exactly on yeah, the same Yeah, so that process, yeah. that process. It says can, it's because of me. <laughs> yeah, it can be daunting 
you know, and most of our albums, we bring songs to the table, whether or not we're writing them or finding them or whatever, and then we vote on them. Uh, the new record we're working on right now uh, was kind of the brainchild of our manager, Ed Keen. And so we're in the midst of doing a straight ahead jazz record. Wow. And uh, it's it's a tough one. Yeah. You know, we're trying to figure out how to get our sound and right. our maintain vocals, our, our identity, range, yeah, the integrity of sure. the group uh, in songs. And some of them aren't vocal songs. We're trying to make huh. that into our thing. And uh, it's it's coming together. Like some bebop stuff on there or. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. I was listening to your guys album, The Standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was really cool. Like the the way you were handling a lot of that jazz stuff. So what what how are you approaching this one differently? Because there were some straight ahead songs on there. I guess more maybe traditional. Well, I'll be honest with you. This was a tough one for me personally because I didn't grow up listening to jazz standards like that. So okay. the song selections that our, our manager gave us, they were everything was foreign to me. Huh. And so he wanted a couple of different guys to arrange different songs. And I'm looking at this list and I'm like. I'm not feeling any of this, be honest with you. I'm just okay. I'm just not feeling. So it you do get to that place. I think some people think that, you know, everything that artists record, everybody loves everything. That's not the truth. That's not how it really works. Sure. But the thing that that got me involved or or that sparked my fire was a conversation that we had and Claude was actually like, "Yo, you be you. Do you on this song. Yes, this is what the the standard sounds like, but if you can't relate to that, then do you on this song, man." I ended up writing uh, a, an intro to the song and that was the the key that just that made all of the colors come come alive for me. And so you have to find a way to inspire yourself. If this is something that you have to do, then you figure out a way to to make it yourself. You don't have to stay beholden to to beholden to what it it was before. That's the thing about take 6. Whatever we do, we can do Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, Mary Had a Little Lamb, whatever, but it's going to be take six. Yeah. So I had to come out of myself and be like, I had to get myself out of the box that I thought I was in. And to, to be, you know, to become you know yourself. To, yeah, to, to actually become who I was. To and be you, to yeah. be me. Let, let me speak to some in of that the nucleus. too. Um, you know, whatever we do, they, they say, quote unquote, that it needs to come through me to become take six. Facts. Mm. That's not, not okay. necessarily the case. But there is a sound that we are. Yeah. That um that we have to make whatever that whatever is out there the song that is chosen, and we want to make it something that we'll have fun singing. Absolutely. We'll enjoy, yeah. and that's what the joy has to come through us, mm. no matter if it, whatever Facts. we do. Yeah. So we're you know it okay. might be a challenge, but that's our goal to make that happen. And the cool thing about what we're learning throughout this process is we won't stop. In other words, you don't just say, "Oh, this is what it is. Let's just put it out." We continue arranging, rearranging, rearranging until uh-huh. we get to that place where we finally say, "Yes, we can appreciate yeah. this. This feels like us." Don't miss what wow. Mark just said, though, because the reality is, we have to sing these songs. Yeah. <laughs> we got to sing this. So I don't care if everybody in the world likes it. If we don't like it, it's not going in the show. Okay. We not you're not going to hear it if we don't enjoy singing it. So we have to be able to take whatever it is, make it enough us that we enjoy it. Because what you, what the audience does not want, what you don't want is to have us on stage singing something that we don't actually like. Right. So it's better for us to leave those things out of the show and do the ones that we feel passionate about 
And that's what you're going to get from Take Six because that's when you're going to get who we actually are in the nucleus. That's what's up. I mean, we're running, <laughs> we're running out of time over here. I wish we had all day. Mike, you want to say one more thing before we get out of here? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, one, uh, once again, it is a pleasure to hear you and see you guys. And thank God that you're all still here and still doing what you do because you are a blessing to anybody that hears you. Is They cannot do anything else but be blessed by the message that you're giving out to, you. to the world. Appreciate it, uh, The question I have is, is the, I guess, gospel music world for business, like the record companies, is it the same thing in secular as it is in gospel? Like the, the trappings and the things that you, you know, you figure because it's gospel music that they're supposed to be holding Very much so. Any Very business, much so. It's any business, business that makes money. Yeah. It's business that it's makes business. money. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. And that's, uh, you know, we started going after that at the very beginning. If you have time, we could tell you all about it and quickly found out that what we were going for, they didn't want us. We went a whole different direction. Right. Then they came around afterwards. But yeah, very much so. It could be a business. I mean, even ministries are businesses, right. you know, so it's, 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 it's a lot of the same stuff. You just pray that the inspiration it's coming from a different place. Okay. The other question before y'all cuss go, because I only got two. Um, <laughs> yeah. Favorite artists that you performed with that was like like a fanned out moment for you? Recorded or stage? Either. You can't say Nick. Mm. <laughs> for me. It might be different for every one of us. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. For you. You said for me. Uh, for me, Marcus Miller. Mm, Marcus course. Miller was an experience, mm -hmm. uh, both in recording and with live performance. Okay. He is just a great good friend, guy. great mentor. I mean, he's he's experienced musician. so much. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like oh that. man, for me, we did that song. Oh, thou that tell us good tidings good to Zion. We did it with um, Fred Hammond and Marvin Sapp. Ooh. Wow. The both of them. Antic. The, the moment we walked out on stage. No, was, no, no. The rehearsal. Bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, the rehearsal, yes. yeah, the the rehearsal, rehearsal. Was, was legendary. It was, wow. it was insane. It actually went viral. Wow. Yeah. The rehearsal. It was more fun really? than the actual performance. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. For sure. That's obviously Stevie. Because, you know, way back in the day, we would be out on stage with him. And there are historic moments that happen that I'm not going to get into right now. But, <laughs> but, uh, but obviously, that's one of them. Um, some new, some of the newer artists, Jacob Collier. Oh yeah, yeah right. that's that's a whole oh, experience unto itself. That's right. But we did a recording session or a couple of days with Dr. Dre. Yo, and that man. was crazy cool. You'll never hear the music, yeah. but it's amazing. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> all right guys well take six it was an honor to have you here today thank you thank you guys thank you. so much i think we're gonna end with a quick song and uh yeah here we go let's get into it let's get in it Yo.
Madman was recorded live in New York's West Village at the Olive Tree Cafe during business hours. The Madmen are Butter on percussion, Nick Casarino on guitar and vocals, Colin Smith on guitar and vocals, Mike Davis on vocals, Daniel Berkey on saxophone, and Coleman Hughes on trombone. All audio and visuals were captured and engineered by Clifton Marion. Come see us live at the Olive Tree every Monday from 9 to 12. See you later.